we are going to continue on. We're talking about principles that you need to know that will ensure that you win every faith battle. See, you're to walk by faith. You're to live by faith. Every battle that you have in life is a faith battle. You are never to fight a battle in your own strength. You're never to fight it with your own ability. We are to find in the word of God what he promised us, and then we believe it in our heart and speak it out of our mouth. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. But there's some things that you need to know. We started last week and we started talking about one of the things that you must know you got to know your enemy. Not know who your enemy is. I think we're beyond that. Now, a lot of the church doesn't even know who their enemy is. They think that when things are happening to them, God's doing it or God's allowing it. And so the enemy is a little hidden to them. Well, we know there is a devil. His name is Satan. He is the destroyer. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But this we know, he has no authority to do that. He has no power to do that. He has been stripped of all his power. The only, the only thing that he has is he's a master deceiver. And he will use circumstances. He'll use people. He'll use things that you can uh, contact in this physical realm through your senses to try to get you to believe that the God of heaven's word is not true. But the reality of it is we know if God said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. And I got to tell you, for all the blessings of God, he said it, right? It's done. And, and Jesus, as we grab hold of the word of God and speak it and release our faith, Jesus, the head of the church, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of all things, the one whose kingdom will never end. His kingdom will continue to increase. The one who is greater than anything that we'll ever face is watching over his word to perform it in your life and in my life. Isn't that good news? It's not too late. It's not. If you can fog a mirror, that means the verdict is not out. Right? It's not over. Because God has provided victory for you. So let's jump over to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. Just want to review a couple scriptures. I don't think, you know, I think probably John 10, 10 would be a great verse just to start every day with. Just to make sure, okay, flesh, this is the way it is. I believe this. So you're not going to control me at all today. It says in John 10, 10, the thief comes not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Your enemy, Satan, the destroyer, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he comes to do. If it's stealing from you, if it's killing anything, if it's destroying anything in your life, it is not from God, it is from the enemy. Okay, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And this Greek word was not suke. 
There's three words for life. It wasn't the Greek word suke, which means natural life. It wasn't the Greek word bios, which means manner of life. No, it's the Greek word zoe, which literally means the quality and kind of life that God has. Wow. How would you like to live the kind of life God has? You think God ever woke up with a sinus infection? Right? Do you think he ever went, oh my gosh, you know, uh, how are we going to pay for this new sound system? You know, or how are we going to pay? I wonder the electric bill. Oh yeah, by the way, all the light comes from me. I guess I don't need to worry about that, right? (laughs) No, there's no lack in God. And Jesus came so that you could have the same life that he has. Isn't that good news? So in this verse, Jesus is contrasting himself. He's contrasting God versus the enemy. It's a contrast here. So does does the thing bring life and peace? Then it's from God, right? Does it add to your faith? Then it's from God. If it takes away from your faith, it's not from God, right? You got to know who your enemy is. That's part of knowing him. But you also need to see, the Bible doesn't say a lot about Satan. He was pretty hidden in the Old Testament. He was called Apollyon, the destroyer. But he was pretty hidden. In the book of Job, Job actually, Job thought that God was out to get him. He thought, if I serve God, he'll bless me. If, if I don't, he, he'll come and, and take away from me, right? But, that, but then he found out at the end of the book that he said 74 things that were wrong about God. But the cool thing is, he didn't try to play church or he didn't try to make excuses when God showed up. He said, oh, Lord, I've spoken wrongly about you. Let me put my hand over my mouth. Well, we could learn from Job, right? In James chapter 1, in verse 16, it says, do not err, my beloved brethren. James 1, 16. And then Pastor James goes on under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in verse 17. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above. He's saying, guys, don't err in this. Don't think good and perfect things come from anyone else but God. Don't think that anything apart from good and perfect gifts are from him. Does that make sense? Don't err, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness. That Greek word means what he does for one, he will do for all. So if you read in the Bible and he did it for one person, he'll do it for you. Isn't that awesome? There's no variableness in God. There's neither shadow of turning This is awesome. When you look at it, even in Malachi 3.6, it says, I am the Lord, I change not. Isn't that good news? He's always been good. He'll always be good. His mercy will always endure forever. Right? We can take that to the bank. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's awesome, awesome news. So then it says this in 1 Peter chapter 5 in verse 8. I love this verse because 
It starts to tell about the operation of the enemy. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this, Be sober. That means think clearly. Be vigilant. That means be ever on your guard because your adversary... He's never your friend. He's always your adversary. Satan is your adversary. Does that make sense? He is, that, that literally, that word means one who is violently opposed to righteousness. He hates you because you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Because he's your adversary. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion... It doesn't say he is, but it, he, it, it says as a roaring lion. What it's doing is it's telling you how he operates. A roaring lion, what would happen if all of a sudden we heard in the hallway a, a male lion's roar? Right? I, I've taught people uh, in a Bible school, and this one family was from Zambia, and they said, they said, Pastor Tony, when a lion roars by our village, it would shake the dishes on our, on our shelves in our kitchen. So Satan comes with a loud mouth, with, with a sound that can create fear. Does that make sense? That's what he's saying. He comes as a roaring lion and he walks about seeking whom he may devour. I love that statement. Oh, he might be loud, he might sound scary, but the reality of it is he casts to look for who he can devour. He can't just devour everybody. We've got to see. Don't magnify Satan. He can't devour you unless you decide to let him. Right? So this is a huge verse on the operation of Satan. In Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 27, it says, Neither give place to the devil. In order for the devil to have a place in my life, I have to give it to him. He can't just, he can't just kick down my door and say, hey, I'm in your life. I'm going I'm to steal from you. I'm, no, no, no. I have to let him. And the Bible says, don't let him. Isn't that good news? See, when we start to see what the Bible says, that, and we're going kind of, we're going to cover all of it. Just a few verses. Neither give place to the devil. That means he's loud. He's going to try to push a place in your life. Just don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. If you don't give him place, he cannot take it. Nowhere in the New Testament are believers ever told to pray, to pray against the devil. You deal with the devil. You use the authority in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, the devil's just running after me. He's all over me. you got to get him out of my life. God doesn't hear that, that prayer because it's not prayed according to his will. He's already defeated him, and he gave you authority in the name of Jesus to keep him at bay because he does not play by the rules. So you have to make him play by the rules. Does that make sense? You're in control. That's what I want you to see tonight. you got to know your enemy. He's not badder than you. He's way under your feet. He can't even, you're a spirit, he can't even talk to you. He's got to go through your soulish realm, right? He has to go, he can't even talk to your spirit. 
Light has no fellowship with darkness. That's how I know the voice of my Father. It's very clear, because Satan can't talk to my spirit. He just yells in my mind. Right? But I've got the Word of God that will literally, it causes me to see and know. It causes me to know what's Him and what's God. I love that. Ephesians, look at this one, Ephesians 6, verse 16, talking about the armor. Ephesians 6, 16, it says, above all, now in the Greek it would say in front of all. You could actually translate it both ways. But it says, above all, taking the shield of faith. What is faith? You believe, in, believe God's word in your heart and you speak it out of your mouth. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench. That means completely extinguish and stomp out how many? All the fiery darts of the wicked. You can stop Every attack of the devil with you speaking the word of God. That's how no power he has. Oh, he can come, but you can stop everything with the word of God. And oh, by the way, you have the Holy Spirit of God who knew 800 million years ago that tomorrow he was going to throw the thought that he throws in your mind. I wonder if he'll get us ready for all this. I wonder if he'll know exactly the scripture to say it is written to quench every fiery dart. That means we know those fiery darts are thoughts. We know that's the one road that he travels down. He travels down one road one way. He'll use circumstances. He'll use people to try to get you to doubt that God's word is true. That's his road. It's the only road he has. He comes at every one of us the same way. And I'm telling you, when you speak the word of God, it quenches them. It doesn't just block them so that they can maybe get going again and come at you again. No, it says when the word of God is spoken against a thought, it kills it. It extinguishes it completely. Wow. See, this is why the word of God says... Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, when you hide the word of God in your heart, you'll know it because it'll be coming out of your mouth. When it comes out of your mouth, it extinguishes every thought that is not from God. So it'll stop every emotion, all these, these desires in your flesh to operate. It'll stop all of them. So if you, if you have this thing that you keep choosing to do that's contrary to the word of God, don't sit there and beat yourself up because that doesn't help you. What will help you is start hiding the word in your heart. If you, let me make this a little clearer. If there's a sin habit in your life, see, Satan loves sin habits because it keeps the door open so he could keep coming in and stealing, killing, destroying. So you got to shut that door. But you got to realize that I've already been freed. The power of sin has been broken over my life. I am dead to sin. 
you got to realize that. And then you hide the word of God in your heart so you're always speaking the word. And now you've hid the word of God in your heart and it'll literally cause you to walk free from sin. If you have a sin habit in your life, realize tonight you're not hiding God's word in your heart and start doing it. Right? Oh, pastor, that's kind of hard. No, no, that's life-giving. Because, man, sin's no fun. Because sin, there's payday with sin. And it's death, and your father doesn't want it anywhere close to you. Right? Doesn't want it anywhere close to you. Look at this verse, James chapter 4, in verse 7. Well, we hit a vein there. Guys, walk free from the junk this year because God wants to flood your life with his blessings. Don't let offense or unforgiveness or just the, well, this is just what I believe. Don't let pride stop you from walking in all that God has for you. Realize God's not mad at you, right? If you're if you're said you got some things going on in your life that you know is not right, nobody has to tell you, right? If they're not right, don't beat yourself up. You start speaking the word. You start counting yourself as dead to sin. You gotta reckon yourself dead to sin. You start walking around every day going, Father, I thank you that I was crucified with Christ. I was buried with him. I was raised to newness of life with him. And now I'm seated with him in heavenly places. And I'm free from sin. Whatever it is. And you just keep saying that. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. And man, I'm telling you, it'll change your life forever. Because God, his blessings are like, because they're yours And he just wants you to have them because the God of heaven, nothing turns him on more than seeing you walk in all that he's provided for you. James chapter four, verse seven. This is a great one. It doesn't start out so well for your flesh. Your flesh doesn't like it. Your spirit loves it. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Step number one. Step number two, resist the devil. Isn't that good? That just means stand against him and oppose him. What that means is you stand and say no. It's not like you're in there fighting him. No, no, no. No, Jesus already defeated him. You're just standing. You're, you're, you're the king of kings, the lord of lords, right? So a, a king declares something and it brings it to pass. And it, and it comes to pass. So you just stand and oppose him. When you're submitted to God and when you stand against him and say no, the Bible says he flees from you. That's kind of cool in relation to healing, isn't it? Man, these symptoms just won't leave. Well, you just keep speaking to him and you go, no, right? Whatever it is, I don't care what it is, sickness, disease, it is written, you have to leave my body, I know you can hear me. And in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave my body. Body, I command you to come in line with the word of God. If you've got an organ that's not working properly, Father, I just thank you that I'm healed. You sent your word. I was healed 2,000 years ago. Now, Father, I thank you and I declare and I speak to my heart. Heart, you work perfectly. You beat perfectly. Valves, you work perfectly. 
right? So this is how we live. Submit yourself, to, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Stand against him. Oppose him, and he'll flee from you. Actually, in the Greek, it says he'll flee from you as in terror. So now let's jump back to Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. It says here in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. You know in the Greek this is a command? Be strong. Do you know when God says be strong, it enables you to be strong in the Lord? His word is an enablement. Kind of like when he said, let there be light. Well, guess what? There is still light going at the speed of light. Finally, my brethren, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. It literally means be continually strengthened inwardly in the Lord and in the power of his might. This is very important. We have to, how, do we, how do we win a, every faith battle? We have to be strong be continually strengthened inwardly in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's how you win every battle. Because when you are in that place, how strong are you? Well, you have to define that by how strong he is. And there is no limit to tell you how strong he is. Does that make sense? It says here, now, now this is what's really cool. This phrase, in the Lord... It is written in the Greek locative tense, which means the only place that you can find super divine strength for you is in the Lord. It's the only place it's at. And he's saying, be continually strengthened inwardly in the Lord. That is where all the strength is in the Lord. Why? Because all the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen. Does that make sense? Everything is in him. It says here, and in the power of his might. Wow. Everything that we have is locked in him. And you are in him. As Romans says, if so be, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Does the Holy Spirit dwell in you? If you're born again, He dwells in you. Then you're in Him. You're right where the power is. So what God is saying is, keep yourself plugged into that power. Don't disconnect. See, you can disconnect. Why? Because you have a free will. You can go seeking this, the pleasures of this world and all this other stuff and get your eyes off the Lord and, be, and live just like somebody who doesn't know God. Don't, and God's saying, don't do that. You stay hooked into me, and I'll have you enjoy the things and the pleasures on this earth, but they won't have you, right? Everything in this world system, the Bible says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not of the Father. None of it is. But the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So, oh my gosh, he'll have you enjoy things on this earth. Put fishing before God and you, you know, you'll enjoy it a little bit, but nothing like if you put God first and then go fishing. Now, I'm not a big fisher, fisher guy at all. You know, I, I, I got, I, you could tell by just what I said, right? Fisher guy. <laughs> but, you know, we fished in Minnesota one time, right? 
And well, actually, we didn't fish. We just, in, in Minnesota, on certain spring-fed lakes, it's not called fishing. It's just called catching. And literally, I mean, it was crazy. What, did we catch 300 fish in 45 minutes? Before a tornado hit and we almost, we were like on the Sea of Galilee. That was interesting. But <laughs> that was, that was quite, a, quite an event. But it was, it, you know, but here's the thing. There's people that will buy this beautiful fishing boat and then you never see them in church anymore. And it destroys their life. But boy, if you'll just put God first, man, he'll get you a better fishing boat. You'll enjoy it, and you'll use it as a ministry to lead other people to Christ, and you'll still be a viable part of your church family. I mean, he can work all that out. So we are to live victoriously in this present evil age in spite of all the satanic oppression that comes against us. How do we do that? Through his ability and through his power, not our own. The walk of faith is a rest. We cease from our own works, and we only work out what he's working in. That's the deal. We're to be strong in the Lord that this means that this strength, it's not dependent upon you. Isn't that good news? Now, here's the thing. Your flesh is full of pride and selfishness, so it wants it to be about you. But don't let it, because God wants you to live on his level. And do things according to his ability. And you got to let go of this other low life to embrace his life. We rely on his strength. How do we do that? We hold fast to knowing that his word is true. That's how I'm strong in the Lord. I anchor in and I make a decision. I hold fast to the fact that I know God's word is true. So it doesn't matter how high the winds or how, how big the winds are blowing or the rain or the floods or the fire. It doesn't matter because God says I'm going to the other side. I'm going to the other side. You can't sink the boat that I'm in. Does that make sense? This is, this, is, this is a great, this is a great truth. And here's the secret. It's a decision. That's all it is. You have to make a decision right here. What's the decision? I have decided and I know that I know that I know that God's word is true. And I rely on that. That is my strength. That is my ability because it's his strength and his ability. See, we said this last week. People are trying to be strong in themselves, and what it usually means is they're just trying to feel strong. People are just trying to feel strong. Man, I just, you know, I got to go listen to that Christian music song that just, oh man, just the, it just gives me this vibe that I'm strong. No, I mean, that's, that's okay, but find, find a song that actually declares the word of God that you're strong, and start singing that and see what happens. That'll produce strength that, over, that just comes from your spirit. People fail in this because they believe when they feel weak, then they think they're weak. Your greatest victories are going to become at a time when you feel very weak, but you know in your spirit, man, that I'm strong, I'm anchored in. Oh, it, it might look on the outside that it's not working out, but on the inside, I'm at complete peace. And you watch because my God, my Father, 
the Lord Jesus, the mighty Holy Spirit, is going to turn. It's gonna, he's going to turn it all. Just hide and watch. I'm thoroughly convinced of that. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we are to be strong in ourselves. Right? Now, this, where, where Paul wrote this to the Ephesian church, it was a circulatory letter. It was, to be, it was to be circulated everywhere, the book of Ephesians. But where he's saying, be strong in the Lord, you got to understand the Ephesian Christians, they were being killed in a Roman Colosseum. They were being killed for, for not denying Christ, right? They were being uh, burnt at a stake and put as lights, just so everybody could see them burning up because they wouldn't renounce Christ. These are the kind of persecutions they were under, right? We're talking about women, Christian women, who would not renounce Christ would be put in theaters to be humiliated and sexually abused in front of all kinds of people because and that this is what they were facing. And God is saying, you be strong in me. There is a place in him where nothing can overcome you because you see things as they really are. It says here in Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, one of the greatest things, I said this to the men, one of the greatest things of this victorious Christian life it's not just a changed life. See, I, God didn't just change my life. He exchanged my life. Now I could have a changed life. This is so important that you know. Jesus took my place. He paid the price for me, so now I can walk like him in the earth. And he backs up it all, everything. Wow. Paul is saying to these Ephesians, he's saying, in order to live in victory, you're going to have to know something about the armor of God. In other words, you're going to have to know something about God's word to walk in victory. See, Paul, this letter, these verses are written to show us how to turn the knowledge that we gain from the word of God into victory in our life. Because that's what it's designed to do. The word of God is designed to bring you into victory. Do you believe that? I know you do. It's so important that we know that. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This word stand, it literally means to, that you may be able to survey the battlefield. That's what this Greek word means. When you stand, when you allow the armor of God, which is, is Bible knowledge, when you allow that to be endued upon you because you're constantly drawing from his power, what it does is it gives you an aerial view of the enemy's attack. You know it way before it's coming. That's literally what it's talking about here. You can see the enemy coming and we're to stand against him. We're to stand face to face. We're to oppose him against the wiles of the devil. You are to stand face to face against the wiles of the devil. The wiles, remember, that's the Greek word. It, it means to go down one road one way. And that road is a road to get you to doubt God's word. 
Well, we are endued with the word of God. We stand in his strength and ability and power so that now I can stand against the wiles of the devil. So many Christians don't do that. And what happens is they start, see the wiles of the devil, we've talked about this a lot. It, the, the word devil means he wants to penetrate through your mind, to, to get into your mind. He does that by throwing thoughts, blow after blow after blow. A lot of people will not take thoughts captive because they don't even know it's from the enemy. They don't know how he operates. They don't even know how he operates his throwing thoughts. So they'll, they'll just allow a thought and start taking the thought because they don't even realize it's the enemy. But not us, right? We're to walk in victory. I'm telling you, you're going to be tested on this material probably tonight, but no later than tomorrow morning. Are you going to stand against the thoughts with the word of God? in his strength and in his ability, when he tells you, look at, look at all the situation, it is not working out. Are you going to give in to that and start talking about your situation? Because all you're doing is throwing gasoline on it. You're throwing fuel on the fire that allows the enemy to steal from you. Are you going to start talking about what's happening to you? Or are you going to stand in his strength, in his ability? You're going to stand in the word of God. And now your focus is on what's happening inside of you instead of what's happening around you. And you start to speak the word of God. You, you submit yourself to the word. You resist the devil and you see him flee and you see the situation change. This is where the rubber meets the road. You're either going to talk about your mountain or you're going to talk to your mountain, right? You're either going to be moved by your circumstances or you're going to move your circumstances in Christ. This is, this is, and I'd like to tell you that there's this place that you can go in the earth and not have to deal with this, but there's not. It's, it's, it's not like you're not going to meet a lion or a bear or Goliath. Or it's not that you're not going to ever be, meet a lion's den or a fiery furnace. You You are. That is your future in this earth. That's just the way it is. Jesus said, listen, in this life, in this world, you're going to have affliction. You're going to have stuff coming against you. It's not from God. It's from the enemy. And Jesus already overcame it. So you don't have to. But what will happen if you're not submitted to the word, if you want to live out of your flesh and just tell me how you're feeling, what will happen is you will start giving in to what you're feeling, you'll abandon God's word and he'll be able to steal from you. See, this is why I preach this so hard. Do you know there is billions of people on this planet that just believe a lie? They believe, well, I, you know, yeah, I, I, believe, I believe in God. I'm okay. I'm a pretty good person. They have no idea that spending eternity in hell or eternity in heaven has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with choices. Am I going to accept Jesus' sacrifice for me and, and, and bow to his lordship and live for him and let him come into my heart and make me new so that now I'm not spiritually dead anymore, that I'm spiritually alive? Am I going to do that or am I just going to live my own life? You can live your own life, enjoy it, 
First of all, you probably won't too much, but it's really short, and then you're going to be lost for eternity. But you don't have to be. The message of the gospel is he has paid the price. There is a place reserved for you in the family of God. Eternal life is yours tonight. For those of you who are Christians now, it's the same deal. Don't, don't be entangled with this yoke of bondage that you were entangled in before you got saved. The Bible says in Galatians 1, stand fixed right? You in the freedom where we're Jesus, where with Jesus has made you free. This is what we're talking about. I'd love to tell you, you can walk by sight and do your thing and, and all this stuff, but you won't be able to walk in the blessings of God. I'm here, hear me loud and clear. You got to take every thought captive because the enemy's thoughts, if they're not from God, are designed to steal kill and destroy, and he wants you off the planet in, in a way that you suffer before you go and show the world that God's not real. I say we stand and we live by the word of God so that we can hold him up, hold Satan up. Hey, Satan, I know you're way down there. Let me lift you up here. Hey, see this loser? He's a loser. He has no power over your life. That's what we do. 24-7. Somebody comes to you, man, you know, I'm a convicted felon, I'm a drug addict, I'm an alcoholic, all this stuff, and we just smile at them and go, oh, I've got good news for you. We don't have a 12-step program. We have a God who will come in, take all the junk, and he'll take it all away to where it's gone forever, make you brand new, and I don't care what your reputation in the natural is, the minute you become a child of God and heir to all the blessings of God, nothing in this world can stop you. That's the reality of it is. Guys, the bondage, we are just allowing Satan to take us captive, but no more. I'm going to allow, literally it says, be endued, allow the whole armor of God to manifest upon you as you continually draw from his power so that you might be able to stand and oppose the wiles of the devil. I'm going to take every thought captive with the word of God. I'm not going to give him my mouth anymore. I'm not going to speak death over myself. My back is not killing me, right? People are not my problem. I'm not going to talk about how bad the economy is, all this stuff and investments and this and that. Forget all that. Nothing, the Bible says, nothing can stop you. Our problem is only an inch under our nose. And if we'll take that tongue and we'll just fill it with the Word of God, that thing that was such a big problem in our life will be the thing that steers our life into freedom in Christ. I love that. We must deliberately do something to allow the armor of God to manifest upon us. See, what are we talking about in Ephesians 6? The armor of God prepares you to walk down the road that the enemy is traveling. He's going to, what is the road? He's going to bring circumstances. He's going to use people to try to, to, try to show you tell you so that you can see, feel, hear, taste, and touch 
that this thing isn't working. But the Holy Spirit will just be down on the inside of you going, oh no, don't go by that. I'm able to change all that. The Word of God changes everything. Truth is unchangeable. Facts are subject to change. And I'm telling you, you don't have to change them. You let God change them. He loves doing that. Putting on the whole armor of God causes you to be the aggressor in the fight. You stand against the wiles of the devil. You, did you notice the picture of this was David and Goliath? Did you notice he didn't just sit there and let Goliath come towards him? No, he's going at him. He's like, you have no right being even in the same area as I am. I, I have a covenant with God. You're defeated. See, Satan is coming after, he's coming after your body and he's got symptoms in there. He's telling you, I'm going to kill you. You need to get right back in his face and go, it is written, I'm going to live long on this earth and declare the works of the Lord. It is written, right, over and over and over. Jesus bore my sickness, carried my pain. By his stripes I'm healed. You take your best shot because you're defeated in my life. That's what it means to be a Christian. And boy, I'll tell you, religious people get really mad at preachers that preach it. Praise God, you're going to be as happy with me tonight as you'll ever be because it's only going to get stronger. Because I'm going to walk deeper in a revelation of this, and so are you. And I'm telling you, what's on the inside will start showing on the outside. Don't sit there and go and, and whine and go, well, why is this taking so long? Forget all that stuff. You get in faith. The symptoms have to leave. The poverty and lack has to leave. Depression has to leave. It can't stay unless you allow it. Don't allow it. Right? 2 Corinthians 2.11 says this. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. This is another thing that shows how he operates. It's the Greek word noemata. It means, it literally means the scrambling of the mind. It literally means mind games. That's his devices. He'll come, if you, he'll throw thought after thought after thought at you. And if you don't resist him and you start taking those thoughts, they'll, he'll penetrate your mind and then everything becomes really confusing. Pretty soon you wonder if God's not your enemy. You wonder if the, you, you'll start thinking the word doesn't work. You'll start thinking everybody that could help you is your enemy. Right? I mean, it's amazing. He'll start dividing you from everything. But it doesn't have to be this way. Noemata. Literally, this word has in it tormenting and confusing mind games. That's what he does. See, we're not ignorant of his devices. We know how he comes, so we're not going to let him come. Right? So husbands, the next time you get a thought that your wife is causing your life problems, take that captive. Because your problem is never your wife. Your problem is never another person. Right? You wives, your husband's not your problem. Your boss is not your problem. You, the only problem 
You have is the sin nature in your flesh. And God has given you very clear instructions and authority to take control of your flesh. You renew your mind with his word, and now your spirit man grows up. It renews your mind, and now your spirit and your, your renewed mind will tell your body what to do. You could live in victory. You'll live days of heaven upon the earth because eternal life doesn't start when we get to heaven. It starts right now. Hallelujah. So when you understand this one way that the devil comes against you, you will allow the whole armor of God to manifest upon you. When you really have revelation knowledge that, wow. I mean, we've taught a whole series on spiritual warfare right tonight. All you got to know is how he comes. Know you have authority. Allow the armor of God to manifest upon him, upon you, and then you take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. The reason why Satan comes so strong against your mind is because that's his only avenue. He can't come against your spirit. He can't touch your spirit. He knows it. Oh, that's why, see, in order for you to see and know yourself, you got to look in the mirror. Because if you just look at a natural mirror, you'll just see your outward self, your outer man. But if you'll look in the word of God and you'll read Philippians 4 and all of a sudden it's like, wow, what is my identity? I can do all things through Christ. All things are possible to me if I believe. I mean, you start to, my God, who am I? Well, I'm a guy where my God meets all of my needs. But he doesn't meet them on the earth's standards. He meets them according to his riches and his glory. Right? I'm forgiven. All things are new. Nothing can stop me. I'm like a tree planted by rivers of water, right? Whose root system goes deep into a supply that's not outward, it's inward. My leaf will never wither. Everything stays fresh. And whatever I put my hand to will be brought to maturity. He'll make me the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, ever. That is God's word. The biggest battle in our mind is against doubts and preconceived ideas and notions that tell you that God's word doesn't work. It's what it all is. That's the whole game. In 2 Corinthians 10, in verse 3 through verse 5, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are what? Are, are, car are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. This is about the assault against your mind. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what we do. Forget, Satan is going to come at you and he's going to tell you that you don't have what you have. That you aren't what God made you. And that he doesn't love you and that his word won't work. It's what he's always been doing since Adam and Eve. 
every person in the Bible who failed, everyone, it started with a wrong thought that they didn't take captive. Thoughts are governed, or you could say thoughts are controlled by the things that you observe. This is, this is where your thought life comes from. The people or the things or the places that you associate with. That's where your thoughts are going to come from. That's why if you get in the wrong environment, there's going to be a lot more of those thoughts. You're going to have to take a lot more of them captive. Usually if, you're, if you choose to go into a wrong environment, you're not in the right place already. So now your thought life is going to be governed by these associations. These thought, your thoughts are going to be governed by the things you're observing. That's why you've got to be real careful what you're looking at. And then your thoughts are also going to be governed or controlled by the teaching that you sit under. This is huge. You've got to be real careful what you're hearing. So observations, associations, and teaching. You want to hang out and have your best friends be people that are not serving God? Go for it. You'll have fun for a little while. But show me your life in 15 years. Show me your life in 20 or 25 years. Right? This is the way Satan is. He's a terrorist. He'll let you feel good for about 25 years, 30 years, until all of a sudden... All of a sudden, you have this thought process going in your mind where God's not a part of it, and then, bam, he hits you with something. And now all of a sudden, oh man, I've worked so hard, I've made all this money, I'm so successful, my kids hate me, I'm divorced. I have a terminal illness, and I don't know what to do. This is life. God wants you to experience his level of life. Satan attempts to create to plant and to nurture wrong thoughts. Why? So that he can gain control of your mind. Because see, he wants to control your mind because then he can control your emotions. And your emotions is what drives you. And all of a sudden, I just can't stop this sin habit because I just, my emotions are all, I could just be minding my own business and all of a sudden, man, I just, I just want to go drink. I just want to go do this. I just want to go back, you know, I just one more hit of meth. You know, whatever it is. I just want to, you know, I'm, I'm minding my business. I'm doing my own thing. And I, I, come, I come out of church and I'm walking to my car. Then all of a sudden I'm hit with this emotional pull that I need to go party with my old friends. That I need to, whatever it is, that I need to go look on the internet. Or, you know, or whatever. We got to be real careful because this is what he's doing. If he controls the mind, then he has control of the emotions, which is what drives a human being. Well, we say no. It all starts by taking thoughts, right? Satan drops thoughts from the outside. Thoughts from God come through our spirit to our mind. Satan will never talk to your spirit. He can't. God will never talk to your mind. He talks to your spirit, and your spirit communicates that to your mind. That's why sometimes you're sitting here going, well, is this God's will or my will? 
because it sounds a lot like me. Well, it sounds like you because it is you. So, but if you have the word of God in abundance, the word will be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Don't worry about it. You'll know. You'll know your next step. Or if you start moving and you're going in the wrong direction, you'll just know. You'll be like, ugh. But then you start moving here. You'll have a desire to go this way. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, wow, this is great. You will know. You know his voice. Fellowshipping with God through meditating in his word teaches you how to discern where thoughts come from. Let me say that again. Fellowshipping with God through meditating in his word teaches you where thoughts come from. Deception and doubt happens when a person believes the devil's lies. That's when deception and doubt happens. The minute you believe the devil's lies. Wow. So verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 6 says this, and I'm going to, you know, actually, we might finish this up next week, but I want, I want you to go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 1, and I'll kind of close with this. John chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way. This is a picture of Satan trying to break into your mind. He's coming some other way. The same is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd. Jesus is what he, who he's talking about, right? This is Jesus talking. Is the shepherd of the sheep. We're the sheep. To him the porter opens and the sheep hear his voice. Now look at this. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So now get this, the thief and the robber doesn't come in the right way, it come, they come in another way. Jesus comes in the right way, he comes in through your spirit. He leads you on the inside. The enemy, the thief, the robber comes another way, he leads, tries to lead you from without. He throws thoughts. Are you, are you following me? Verse 4 and when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them. Jesus will always lead you. Does, do you see that? And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them. Jesus will also say, come follow me. He will always gently lead you. The enemy will drive you. He'll try to drive you to do something. Okay? And the sheep follow him. Why do they follow him? For they know his voice. Real interesting. They know his voice. Doesn't say they recognize his voice. This word know is know. I know the Lord's voice because it's from the inside. I don't, and I follow what's going on inside me because I know that's God. 
I don't follow what's going on outside because I know that's from the enemy. This is exactly what it's talking about. Verse 5, and we'll close with this. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of a stranger. Do you see, the, do you see why Jesus is teaching this? They know not the voice of a stranger. They're not getting anything in here from this guy, so they flee from that. If it's not from here, I'm fleeing from it. I'm not giving it place. Does that make sense? I don't know, I don't know the voice of the enemy. So many Christians are so led by their flesh, they're led by their emotions, and they haven't renewed their mind that they think it's God sometimes. There was a guy that we went to church with that believed that there was a young lady in our church who was married that he actually believed that God spoke to him and said, she's to be my wife. And you think, that's ridiculous. No, that's flesh. That's all it is. You start listening to whatever, pretty soon you get so confused, you don't know which way's up. God wants to turn your life right side up. You, know, you will not know the stranger's voice from within yourself. Satan always questions you about things that you don't have the answers for to confuse you and get you to doubt. So, Eve, surely God didn't say you would die. Right? Jesus, if you be the Son of God, command that these stones... I mean, you could go through this and you see this questioning. You know people that cause a lot of trouble in churches, dealing with one pastor right now that his church is blowing up because this group of, quote, word of faith people are, are just walking around the church going... I wonder why pastor does this and I wonder why we're doing this and I wonder about this. And Good believer people that are so ignorant of the fact that Satan is using them to hurt the church. Right? I remember when the Lord came to me and said, Tony, I had to remove you from that church because the gifts inside of you come along with great influence and you were hurting that church. I didn't even know it. But I got to tell you, I made a decision, I'll never, that'll never be me again. I love, when I was at Rama, Keith Moore said this statement, I just felt like falling in the floor and just, just in ecstasy. He said, all you got to say, remember this statement, I have no opinion about that. That'll keep you out of more trouble. Because you don't want to ever speak against the Lord in anything, against anyone. God speaks to you about things he wants you to know. God will never ask you a question that won't bring you into peace and that won't settle you. When he asks you a question, it's to bring you into peace because he's going to answer it and he's going to settle you. When the enemy asks you questions, it's to confuse you. When he asks questions, it's coming from without. When, when God asks questions or talks to you, it's from within and it's leading you and it's wonderful. There's a difference between God showing you things on the inside and Satan speaking to you on the outside. So we'll close with this statement. 
you identify God's voice by the things that you know on the inside. You identify God's voice by the things that you know on the inside. His spirit will speak and bear witness of the word that's in your heart and you know. See, this is how we know our enemy. He comes to drive us from without, to confuse. He comes with, to try to control our emotions and, and, and throw thoughts that are contrary to God's word. But if I will keep the word of God in my heart, I'll always know. I'll always be at peace. Oh, I might feel like it's not going so good out here, but it'll never move me. Where I could stand up and say, I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by what I feel. I am not going to talk my circumstances. I'm going to talk and speak the word of God. I'm going to hold fast to the confession of my faith without wavering because he's faithful that promised. Amen. Amen.